I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the News Du Jour, a calmer space to consume the news. So as it is American Thanksgiving this week, I wanted to remind you guys that our last normal episode will be this Wednesday, but I also do have a special bonus episode that will land in your feed on Thursday. It is a repost on the subject of MMIW, which is a pervasive crisis threatening indigenous women here in America and actually around the world. I hope you'll check it out. So today, instead of having a bunch of little stories, I thought we would take a look at one particular issue, and that is Yemen. I wanted to issue a content warning here. This story involves war in graphic details. So today was a very slow news day, so I thought we would take it as a chance to really dive deep into a conflict that has been ongoing for years now and has been more deadly, especially for children, than even the conflict in Gaza, which Yemen is also trying to step into as well. So over in Yemen, there are two main groups that you need to know about in order to understand this conflict. The first group is the Houthis, and they are known also as Houthi rebels. They are trying to overthrow the government. They are primarily Shia, which is a Muslim sect. Their actual mission statement, much like that of Iran and Hamas and Al-Qaeda, which they were once aligned with, is death to America and death to Jews. Number two. The coalition. So this is the other group, and they're essentially the Yemeni government, but they are propped up by a Saudi coalition, which is why they are called the coalition. If left to their own devices, they may no longer be in charge of the country. The Houthis maybe would have overthrown them by now, um, but they are backed again by powerful allies in the Saudis. They also have been propped up by the UAE in the past, and we will definitely get into that in this episode. So how did this all get started? Well, in order to answer that, we would have to take you back to 1990. Really, we could go back even further than that, but I think this will give us enough of an overview to understand what's going on today. In 1990, North and South of Yemen were becoming one unified state, according to Al Jazeera. The leader was a man by the name of President Ali Abdullah Saleh. A civil war then broke out in 1994, four years later. Seven different wars continued to break out through the early 2000s. Then in 2011, there was the Arab Spring. If you guys remember, Unfortunately, these protests allowed for Al-Qaeda to wiggle its way into Yemen and other areas throughout the Arabian Peninsula. 
At this point, Saleh's time is up. His rule has been completely undermined by the new sentiments in the country. So he steps down and an interim president is elected. Then in 2013 to 2014, Al-Qaeda staged attacks across the country. The Houthi rebels captured the capital. The Houthis also have begun aligning themselves at this point with Iran. Yeah. And they attack and capture the new interim president. So at that point, the Saudis come in and intervene in March of 2015. They stabilized the government, but tensions were still extremely high. Al-Qaeda and the Houthis set up a mini-state around an area known as Mukalla. But the Arab or excuse me, United Arab Emirates also intervened and tried to help stabilize the government in Yemen. They fought Al-Qaeda and defeated them, ending their rule in Yemen once and for all. But that didn't end the sentiments among the Houthis. In fact, it may have made them worse and made the Houthis more angry. But with all of these wars raging in the country, the average person was not taken care of, as you can imagine. Wartime is not a time that people are having their needs met, right? They were hungry, they were impoverished, and feeling defeated no matter who was in power. In 2018, peace talks were held in Sweden. According to Al Jazeera, prisoner swaps went down and there were withdrawals from certain areas and more sort of handshaking. For the time being, it seemed to be settling down and there were about two years of peace. But then when one side failed to withdraw from a key area that they had agreed on, violence breaks out yet again. And we're right back to the starting point. 2020 did see a brief pause in the fighting due to the global pandemic and basically lack of resources during that time. Previously, the U.S. had been helping on the coalition side of things, you know, trying to help stabilize the government. The Houthis had been designated as a terrorist organization by the U.S. due to their relationship with Iran, Hamas, Al-Qaeda, and their declaration of death to America and death to all Jews. But President Biden actually revoked that designation recently in order to try and like build bridges and really like find lasting peace for this area. He also stopped his support for the coalition government as it was discovered that they were making offensive attacks rather than just defending their government. And long story short, he again wanted to try and build bridges and try and find a way for there to be lasting peace in Yemen. The UN and the US then sent in special envoys to try and stabilize the area. Yemen was then designated as the worst humanitarian crisis in the world by the United Nations. In 2022, the Houthis attack the United Arab Emirates and the coalition strikes back. And that brings us to 2023 when Yemen's Houthi rebels, as we mentioned, have 
a mission to eradicate all Jews in the world. So seeing the conflict break out in Gaza was a perfect invitation for them to begin shooting missiles and attacking with drones in Israel at a time when the U.S., frankly, has bigger fish to fry. Meanwhile, according to the World Food Program, the hunger crisis in Yemen is at an all-time high, completely unprecedented. And this is such a classic you know, example of a government having enough money for bullets, but not enough money for rice. Like, it's absolutely unacceptable that a country would be fueling wars and not fueling its own people. Again, according to the World Food Program, 17 million people in Yemen, 17 million, are food insecure. 3.5 million pregnant or breastfeeding women and children under five are suffering from acute malnutrition. That is 3.5 million people there. According to UNICEF, between 2015 and 2022, 11,019 children have been killed or maimed due to this conflict. Sexual violence against women and children is rampant, but there are not reliable numbers on this as it is obviously a shameful subject culturally in Yemen or globally for that matter. But I tried to find statistics on that and they're just really hard to come by. But suffice it to say, every major, you know, humanitarian group is saying that sexual violence is rampant. According to Human Rights Watch, 17.8 million people do not have access to safe drinking water. According to the Coalition Against Arms Trade, since the start of the war in 2015, 377,000 people, I'm going to repeat that, 377,000 people have died as a direct and indirect result of this fighting. And just to clarify what that means real quick, direct might be somebody, you know, getting shot in the war, but indirect might be someone starving because there are not enough resources due to the war. So if the war wasn't going on, they'd be alive. So 377,000 people, just mind blowing. And what is so tragic is also the fact that Nobody's covering this. Very few people are talking about this. And what is additionally tragic is that both sides of this conflict, the coalition and the Houthis, are blocking aid coming into this country. This is happening for a variety of reasons, both bureaucratic as well as like logistic. For example, you know, they're having to block certain passageways, um, in the sea, things of that nature would be like a logistic bureaucratic might be like, oh, you know, we don't have money, sort of paper pushing reasons. But there are reasons that both sides of the conflict, again, are blocking aid organizations from coming in and helping their people who are starving by the millions. But this crisis is spinning out of control because both sides are clearly forcing it to. This is also a part of the larger context for what is going on in Israel. But the conflict in Yemen blows what's going on in Israel and Gaza out of the water in terms of pure numbers. 
And yet you'll only hear a fraction of the conversation and press covering Yemen that are covering the conflict with Israel. And I think discrimination is at play here in more than one direction. I definitely think anti-Semitism plays a role in how distressed people get about Israel. But I also think Yemeni people are black. And I think that that, you know, somehow causes this conflict to be swept under the rug. I'd love to hear your thoughts on why Yemen isn't as a hot button of an issue. Definitely feel free to reach out over social media or, you know, any links in our show notes. I have my email address there. Anyway, I really appreciate you guys listening and I hope you will share this episode with someone who doesn't know about this conflict or share it on your social media to help educate people on this ongoing crisis that has definitely been kept quiet. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with a quote. Hiding the truth is the same as telling a lie. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media. And that is also linked in our show notes. You can follow us on social media at newsdujour.podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. You can follow my personal account at it's Annie Bowles on both platforms as well. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Oklahoma. Oklahoma.